And welcome to Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you, my friend, don't have to. My name is Son Edom, alongside somebody who turns into this big, green, <laughs> angry machine. <laughs> Sarah Hokshiro, when she gets mad. Hey, guys. She welcome back. Incredible Hulkus. Hocus. Hulk? Like Hulk instead is? of the Hulk, what's the female? You know, like they have Hunter and Huntress. Well, my, Hulk maiden, and well, my maiden name is Hoax. So is. I was trying Ooh, to make a pun. The Incredible Hulk. There you go. Oh, I like that. The Incredible, the incredible Hulk. Hulk. Now, we're going to be talking about <laughs> today with the Incredible Hulk uh, anger. We're going to talk about issues of anger. And not that we have any. No, never. But um, I have to deal with it every time we record. You should see the stuff that flies through the studios. No, but we're going to talk about anger because it's something that um, is starting to see, I don't want to say becoming more prevalent, but it's something that we all have to deal with, especially when things don't go our way or when we struggle with things. And sometimes it becomes a, a, a coping method or sometimes it becomes a, a reactionary thing. And so it's just something that we're going to kind of dwell on today is that topic of anger. So that mm -hmm. way we can just kind of share the stuff that we've gone through. So hopefully, like we've said in the beginning, we go through it. Hopefully you learn from us and can mm -hmm. avoid some of those angry mistakes mm -hmm. that Tara makes all the time. <laughs> No, but it was something that came up because you started the, uh, you, you posted something on social media that brought about the idea of the topic. And I did. it was a, a laundry list of things that sometimes people might not often think about that go mm -hmm. along with anger. Sometimes we think anger is just being mad. Mm -hmm. And that's it. You know, mm -hmm. somebody does something to me, so I'm mad. But there could be a lot of underlying issues that go along with it that we don't really relate to, to anger. Right. So and anger is um, secondary. It's not the root. It's not the origin. So there's always something underneath. Anger is a reaction to something else. So it could be fear. It could be embarrassment, rejection. It could be something that we see in society like rape or violence that could make us angry. Um, and those are the things that we should be angry at. Um, or it could be a personal loss of control, a personal... Um, incident that we have gone through. It could be um, any number of things that cause a reaction of anger. So anger in and of itself isn't a bad thing or a good thing. It's just a reaction. Um, but then what we do with that anger, how we handle that anger and use it, that's when it becomes either healthy or unhealthy. And that's when it becomes either destructive, um, making the situation worse, or when it becomes helpful in making the situation better. So there, you said, because I was thinking there's right anger and wrong anger, but there could be righteous anger and unrighteous anger because you right. mentioned I could be mad at, at a series of events that I saw take place mm -hmm. or, and that might be a righteous anger to be upset and to be mad about an event that happened, maybe an injustice or something happened to somebody else. Or if I get hurt and somebody hurts me mm -hmm. or something happens and so I get mad at somebody because they destroyed something of mine or crashed the car or whatever, that might be an unrighteous anger just because you're lashing out in a manner that might not be appropriate. I would say rather than using right or wrong or righteous or unrighteous, I would say healthy or unhealthy. Okay, so healthy or unhealthy. Because, because anger is a valid reaction. It's valid. And a lot of times we're taught, especially for some reason in the Christian circles, that anger is a bad thing or that we're not supposed to be anger or not supposed to be angry. Um, it's not anger isn't God was ang is angry. Jesus was angry. It's not that we shouldn't be angry. It's that we shouldn't use anger in a destructive way. So when we're lashing out, that would be unhealthy. If we're um, judging people or 
using labels against people or condemning, that would be unhealthy. If we're, you know, fighting back tit for tat, that would be unhealthy. But when we see things that are not, um, that are damaging, like rape or violence or, or child abuse or whatever, um, we can use that anger to, as fuel to make things better. There's a whole bunch of things that we can do, um, to make the situation better. And that would be a healthy way to use anger. So when you talk about healthy anger and being angry from a healthy perspective, there still has to be some checks, I would think, in there because we don't want to take that healthy anger and then our actions move it to an unhealthy reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, So again, because you mentioned something like a rape or some violence towards somebody else, we can get angry about that, but then oftentimes our anger could want us to lash out. Mm -hmm. And so our, our, our healthy anger then becomes an unhealthy behavior. So there has mm-hmm. to be a little bit of a balance or a little bit of check there so we don't mm-hmm. take what's good mm-hmm. and move it into the bad. So if we do have a healthy anger towards something, mm-hmm. then how can we maybe use that in an appropriate way, an appropriate, because uh, I think anger would have to be something that you still have to get out. Mm-hmm. Like you can't keep it inside you because right. then you internalize it. So it has to be an emotion that would have to come out somehow. Right. So what would be a good way to uh, express that healthy anger so that it doesn't move into the unhealthy So I'll give a specific example. Somebody actually responded to my Instagram post asking what about violence or what about abuse? Now they were not specific what type of abuse. They didn't say emotional or verbal or physical. They just said abuse. And um, they were asking, shouldn't the abused person stand up for themselves? And what kind of anger would occur in that situation if they were to, um, and they use the words fight back. So I'm not sure they weren't specific about what they meant by fight back. Um, So I just kind of answered, you know, in a more general way. So let's say, for example, um, someone is being physically abused. That's definitely something to be angry about. And if you are the one being abused, um, there are, you know, obviously you want to get yourself to safety first and foremost. You don't want to live in a situation years and years and years and years and years in an abusive situation. Um, I happen to know a little bit of background background about this person, so I'm assuming that that was the case, that they had lived um, in a family of origin of abuse. So there's this tendency to make the abuser the most powerful being, right? And then everyone else is a victim. The only way that we are a victim is if we choose to be. Now, I know that there's a lot of economic reasons. There's a lot of social reasons. There's a, there's many, many reasons why people stay where they are. Um, but at the end of the day, we need to choose to get out of that situation. So if we need to call the police, if we need to talk to the community around us, our friends, our family, our neighbors, get some help somewhere so that we can get out of that abusive situation. Because even in a, an example of like verbal abuse or emotional abuse, it's like if we, I've said this before, if someone is a jerk, they can be a jerk all day long on their side of the fence. They have the right to do that. But if we allow them, if we give them the key to our yard and we allow them on our side of fence, now we are part of the problem. Now we are an enabler. We are codependent. We are choosing to complain about the abuse on one side and then um, choosing to participate in it on the other. And so, of course, the person's going to be angry, right? There's going to be a lot of frustration in there because there's a lack of control. There's shame. There's all kinds of things involved, and that makes us very angry. But a healthy way to do it is to 
set those boundaries by calling the authorities, getting the community involved, asking our friends and neighbors for help, going to a support group, going to a therapist. There's any number of ways to get people around you to strengthen you, to get you out of that situation. So um, an unhealthy way to handle an unhealthy anger in that situation would be, as this person suggested, to fight back. And I wouldn't suggest that because all that does is going to bring more it's either going to bring more arguing, more verbal abuse, more physical abuse, you know. Um, so the healthy way, anger, healthy anger makes the situation safer and better. Not necessarily that the other person is going to like it because nobody likes a boundary set against them. But ultimately, it will make you, you know, safer and healthier. And an unhealthy way would just to be retaliate, um, to seek vengeance, revenge. That is just making you both go down the drain together now you mentioned shame Mm -hmm. and we covered shame on a previous podcast not too long ago overcoming shame and again remind us are we talking about the same shame remind us about the definition of shame when we used it in the last podcast guilt is something that i've done wrong and shame is i am something wrong so when you talk about shame in anger is it the same definition like you're still talking about yourself? Right. So anger, like anger is a reaction to something underneath. So if we have shame underneath, that, that means that it sounds like this. Um, I must not be worthy of their love. Why am I not worthy enough for someone to choose me to date or to marry? Why am I, what is wrong with me that is causing this person to treat me the way that they're, they're treating me? All those are shame statements. And it, and it keeps us in a victim stance. So no, we don't deserve to be treated that way. But unless we stand up for ourselves, they're going to keep doing it. So, and then the shame comes because we're deep down, we know that we're allowing it, we're participating in it. And I've heard, you know, people say, well, I, I've done everything I could, so I'm just going to get a divorce. Well, in their mind, doing everything they could means having the house spick and span when the person walks in the door so they don't blow up. Not asking questions, not using your voice, tiptoeing around a uh, discussion so it doesn't turn into an argument so the person doesn't hit you. That's not doing everything that you can. That's enabling. That's just being very codependent. So doing everything that you can is saying, no, I'm not going to take this anymore. I'm going to go get help. You can come with me, but if you don't want to, I'm going to go get help anyway. I'm going to move out or you move out or, you know, just not just having enough self-worth to um, stand up for yourself. And when we don't stand up for ourselves, that brings on more shame. And then that other person is bringing shame on us. Anytime we say, you know, I'm not, have those feelings of not good enough, not smart enough. What's wrong with me? Those are all shame-based statements. So we could have anger towards ourselves. Exactly. Too, because not only angry at the situation, but we have anger towards ourselves. So then we just become angry altogether, mm-hmm. which then leads us down a spiral path of mm-hmm. just kind of who knows where it can go, but it's not going to be good. No. And it depends on how we, we handle it. But it's almost like there has to be a way for us to kind of understand the anger that we are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Because like you said, a lot of times we're taught that anger is bad regardless. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case. Again, we've talked about many things where people like to think in terms of black and white, mm-hmm. right or wrong, absolutes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times we're finding out there's a lot of what we like to call or what I like to call gray areas where mm-hmm. it's not always right or wrong or this or that. It could be a little bit of both. And so, again, if we have shame or we're angry towards ourselves for something that someone else is maybe causing, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, because we think we're the problem, mm-hmm. then we need to maybe realize that the anger towards ourselves isn't necessarily healthy because we're focusing on us as the problem when we might, might not be the problem. The problem might be something else that's causing us to internalize it. Because uh, if, if we're shaming, if someone is doing something and we, and we feel that we're the problem and we're not, mm-hmm. and so we have this shame about us, and so we get angry at ourselves for allowing it to happen, for being in the situation, for whatever the case may be, then we might lash out to somebody else and be angry towards anything else except the source of the problem. So I guess I'm getting at is we have to kind of understand where our anger is coming from and what it's about in order to truly um, combat it. Yeah, and I think the anger towards ourselves comes later. And I think we don't we have an anger towards ourselves, but we don't want to acknowledge that we have an anger towards ourselves because then what do we do? I mean, we go with us everywhere we go. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? So we're carrying all this anger like I don't want to be with this for well, you don't have a choice. You're taking yourself everywhere. So a lot of times we don't acknowledge or we don't want to acknowledge the anger at our ourselves and so we project it out onto like they're the problem there and that's when that victim mentality comes in and so we need to get to the point where we are angry at ourselves so that we can change the proper the the proper place because if i because if we're in an argument and i'm angry at you but i'm not acknowledging my part in it then i can't change my part in it you're the you're the jerk and i'm the victim so we do need to get to that point where the anger turns in a healthy way towards ourselves so that we can be like, dude, girl, what are you doing? Like, why are you allowing this person to treat you this way? And I, I, I so I gave the example several podcasts ago um, about um, when my parents got divorced or when there started, things started happening um, when I was young and I wasn't given permission to be angry. So that stuffed anger, of course, causes more anger because it causes, um, I, I was, so my feelings were not valid, right? Like this was wrong. The things that, some of the things that were going on were just wrong. And I wasn't allowed to call it out and say, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. I didn't have permission to do that. So it, so as I grew up and when I came around other adults that were divorced, I lashed out at them. I didn't have permission to be angry at my parents. So anybody that was divorced, anybody that had any type of marital problems, I was super angry at you. And it could be a complete stranger. But if I heard someone talking that the, you know about them being divorced, I was just super angry. And I would take all that out. And that's that's an unhealthy way to handle. It's not their like I don't know what their story is. I don't have a right to, you know, to be angry at them. But because I didn't deal with the root problem because of the origin, I didn't have a voice. I didn't have control which made me angry. And then I wasn't allowed to express a very valid feeling, very valid emotion. So then it turned into something super unhealthy. So a lot of times if we can allow people around us to be angry at and acknowledge that it's a valid emotion, but then look underneath of it and say, well, what's causing this anger? That's when you start getting to the healing and that's when you start getting to the root um, of the problem. And then you can really address what's really going on. See, because I think that's one of the things that, you know, we struggle with is we struggle with understanding what it is that's causing it mm-hmm. because we often go straight to the, I shouldn't be angry because it's wrong. Exactly. And then, like you said, that just kind of 
uh, escalates the anger into other things, lashing out, and then other behavior follows. Mm -hmm. And so if we have an understanding of what it is and realizing that it could be okay. I mean, we live in a society where there's always something on the news or something that goes on in our lives. Like you said, maybe there's people that you know that are going through something. Mm -hmm. You know, in your, in your example, it was divorce, and that would like kind of trigger you to get angry. Mm -hmm. So there's always something going on that's going to make us upset and make us angry. And it could be something, like you said, that's healthy, but it could be unhealthy. We just have to determine that. But we have to understand what it is mm -hmm. that is causing us this. I remember there's times, like for me, here's a, a, a trivial example, but it's, it's kind of relevant. It's been peaceful driving the freeways as of late because nobody's been on it. But <laughs> uh, because I get upset with the way people drive. Okay. Now mm -hmm. I'm sure that's an unhealthy anger, but that just happens because I look at things like I've mentioned before, I kind of look at things through logic and reason. That's how I try to view things. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm on the uh, freeway and I'm cruising along and there's a car in the other lane going much slower and I'm approaching that car and there's nobody in front of that car and that car just decides to get over in my lane and kind of impedes my flow of traffic, I'm going <laughs> to get upset because there's no rhyme or reason for that decision to happen. Right. Okay. Now, again, that could be unhealthy. It could be healthy. I don't care. I just get upset. So I've been working on that because I understand that first off, it doesn't do anything to get upset mm -hmm. and I could just go around the car, mm -hmm. but sometimes, and I never lash out with the middle finger or anything like that. <laughs> I just keep it to myself. I might shake my head as I drive by, but I don't look at the person or anything <laughs> like that. I just keep it to myself. Um, so that could be unhealthy, but it's just something that kind of becomes a continuing thing for me. And so I've tried to, so that's one area I try to work on because a lot of people that know me know I'm pretty laid back and I really don't get too upset about things. Mm -hmm. And I really don't get too angry about things. There might be an occasional thing that comes up and I really can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. But uh, if you look in the news, you know, there could be things that you can get angry about. And so we have to make sure though that we get to the point where we can understand that what it is we're angry about determine whether or not it's good or bad, mm -hmm. healthy or unhealthy. I guess we could use those, those terms. And then what can we do to respond to that emotion with the full understanding that it's okay to have that emotion? Right. So when we're feeling ourselves angry, then we need to ask ourselves, what is it that is causing me to be angry? And again, we can keep it on the surface and say something that I saw in the news. But if we keep asking ourselves, tell me more, tell me more, or a person that's really you know, angry in front of you. If you keep saying, tell me more, tell me more, eventually they'll, they'll drill down to what's really going on. So something on the news might, might be, um, I feel like as a citizen, I'm losing control. I feel that, um, I really want to, um, work and I'm being told that I, I can't. And if we just keep drilling down and drilling down, it's fear. It's fear of, um, not being able to feed ourselves, fear of, of losing our security, you know, in our home, fear of um, the unknown, right? And so rather than being angry at whatever is happening, we have to ask ourselves, okay, I do have this fear. It is a legitimate fear. It is, is a very valid um, emotion to be angry about this. But what is under my control, because a lot of times we get so focused on what is out of our control and we focus our anger because it's, it's, it's almost like fun to be angry sometimes because there's a lot of energy going on. There's a lot of adrenaline pumping. There's a lot of rewards to being angry. Honestly, it's like, it's not just a, um, like no, you know, like a zero thing because otherwise we wouldn't get such a kick out of it. Right. So when we're really animated, there is a reward there, but we got to ask ourselves like, what is under our control? 
And when we say that, then we can acknowledge, oh, okay, when we take our focus off the jerk, then we can focus on what, what can I do? What do I have under my control? What help do I have? What resources do I have? And there was a, I saw a lady last night on TV and she was saying, it's so hard for me to ask for help. But then when she came around to it and did ask for help from her clients and from her family and friends, they all responded immediately. So rather than having the anger directed towards out here, like someone is controlling me, we can control in here and say, I need help. It's very humiliating, but there are people who love me. There are people who support me. There, there are people who don't want my business to go under. And so I'm going to ask them, I'm going to appeal to them for help. And lo and behold, all this money came in to get her through for another couple of months. So that is under her control. There are things that are under our control, but when we're angry and we're making the, the um, problem out here instead of inside, you know, of our heart, then it just goes in a very unhealthy direction. So there's a reward in <laughs> anger. I need to get angry more often. Maybe that's why I feel so good when I'm screaming down the 405 or something because I'm feeling good about myself. Uh, no, but again, when we take a look at, uh, at, at when we took, like, take a look at the emotion behind it, it always almost seems like there's a, it's, it's almost like anger can be a secondary. It is a secondary. As it's, opposed it's to the, not the, the first origin, one. Yeah. Right. It's not the origin. And we focus on the secondary and have fun in the secondary. And we lash out in the secondary because it's, it's, it's okay. Let's just be honest. Sometimes it's fun to beat people up with our words. It makes us feel better about ourselves, right? If right. I can make you look like an awful person, I get satisfaction. Right. It's not a healthy satisfaction, but I do get satisfaction out of, oh, that person's such a jerk and blah, 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 let me tell you what they did. And you just go on and on and on. And wow, man, we just feel so good about ourselves, right? <laughs> but see, I guess that's too what, we, what you often talk about is, is it comes down to character. Yeah. Character and the heart too, where whatever the heart is or how the heart is, that's how we're going to be. Mm -hmm. And then our character is also mm -hmm. in there is how are we going to control ourselves or how are we going to handle ourselves in these situations. Mm -hmm. And so we may want to lash out at somebody. We may want to take them down with our words. We may feel invigorated by that. I may feel, you know, some sort of reward, excitement that I'm mm -hmm. screaming at somebody down, you know, the 210 freeway. But is my character really one of should I be doing that? Mm -hmm. Should I be this person that gets upset? Should I be the person that is handling it a certain way or should I take a step back and realize, you know what, maybe there is cause okay, I've never been, here's something that I'll reveal about myself, which you may or may not believe. Cause a lot of times people don't believe it. When I say this, I've never been in a fight. I've just never been in a fight. I've never thrown a yeah. punch. Okay. Okay. I've mm -hmm. never thrown a punch. Mm -hmm. Um, there's been times where it's kind of escalated to that point and I just walk away. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have the time. I don't really don't have the time. If you know me, you know, I don't have the time for that. <laughs> I just really don't. I don't care enough about something to get into a fist fight over it. And so I just walk away and I hear stories about people that get into fights all the time about different things. You know, they're just angry people. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously if you go to, okay, so I spent some time in the Midwest working and going to the bar on a Friday night was a common occurrence because there wasn't much else going on. So obviously I can see where fights can happen from there because fights would happen a lot and it's the alcohol and things like that. So that might be a little different story when you're introducing something that can influence your behavior. That's maybe a substance or something like that. So I'm not mm -hmm. talking about that, but what I'm talking about is you get to the point where you're so mad that you just break out in a fight. I've seen it um, in schools. 
mm-hmm. you know, where students go at it. In fact, I've seen it where people get in fight or they argue and, and get mad at each other at lunchtime. Mm-hmm. And then they will wait till after school, like three hours later, and then go behind the school and then punch it out. Okay, <laughs> It's like, that doesn't really make much sense either. But anyways, <laughs> so again, I, but I've never been in that situation. And so that would be something that is intriguing to me is how is it that it gets to the point where people want to escalate to, to getting into a fight and throwing punches over something? Because to me, I haven't come across anything yet, fortunately, that I would get so angry about that I want to mess somebody else up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a theory about that. Of course, I don't know for sure. So that's just a theory. But um, let me give you an example of something that I have experienced and maybe that'll help explain it. There was a person um, that I heard, a person um, just completely um, massacred another person with their words, just shamed them, destroyed, completely destroyed this person's soul, right? And when it was over, the the, um, person that was lashing out said, whew, I just feel so much better. And they were literally glowing. And, and, And the other person was completely destroyed devastated. So, which was very hurtful to that person. So, um, what that tells me about that person is that that person didn't have a voice. They don't feel like they have any control in their life. So when they're lashing out at someone else, it makes them, it gives them a sense of power. It gives them like, I'm being heard. My voice is being heard. Are they being effective? No, it just made it worse. But in their mind, they felt like they were being Finally, they had the floor. Finally, they were being listened to. They had a voice and they were standing up for themselves. So when people are to the point of, of lashing out to the point of violence, that could be one of the reasons is that they just don't feel like they're being heard. They don't have a voice. There's a lot of shame going on. Um, they don't feel good enough. And so whoever it is that they're arguing with, it, they're not getting any satisfaction from that person. They're feeling defeated. And so they have to just keep going and just keep escalating it until they can exercise their power and exercise their control. Um, so, you know, people that are angry, we have to stop and take a look like, okay, we could dismiss the person as a jerk or we could really pay attention to the way that, to what they're saying in their anger and be like, okay, this person is full of shame and they got to prove that they're not prove that they are worthy. Right. And so, they will destroy other people in an effort to make themselves feel better and look better, which is the wrong way to do it because it just makes it worse. But that's a good part of, of anger is because we have this loss of control. We have this loss of a voice. Um, we don't feel like we are measuring up in society or that we're accepted. And so there's this constant like fight. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm going to prove it, going to prove it, going to prove it. But they're proving it in ways that are bringing harm not only to themselves, but to a lot of other people. Okay. How about this? I've come across people in life where I've heard kind of bad things about them, dealings with them in Mm -hmm. professional, social, whatever. And, um, people have said things, okay, when you meet this guy, this is what you're going to experience. Okay. So for example, I was, uh, working at a radio station, just kind of got there. And I was assigned to a weekend show and everyone was warning me that the guy gets upset pretty quickly when things don't go well. And in the radio business, I mean, 
in the podcast business today, you know, sometimes things just don't go well when you're setting up with technology, when you're setting up with equipment, when you're dealing with, you know, trying to track down the latest, greatest news that's just breaking on the wire. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can go wrong mm-hmm. um, in the radio business. And so it's never going to be a perfect thing. You can plan it and you can perfectly plan it, but to execute it takes, you know, a miracle practically to pull it off. And so this guy would go get angry to the point where he'd throw things in the studio. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And so they warned me about it. Mm-hmm. And so my approach to him was, I'm just going to do my, my job to the best yeah. that I can. And I'm not going to allow his anger to affect me. Mm-hmm. So for example, um, I was, we play what they call uh, bumper music, which is a transition between a commercial and the guy talking. Mm-hmm. We play a little bit of music. So he complained about the volume that it was too loud. <laughs> Okay, well, turn down your headphones, first of all, but okay. <laughs> so I didn't worry about it. I just adjusted to make it so that he would, it work. Then something else came up and, you know, he'd get mad. And, and as we worked together, him getting mad never affected me because first off, I never took it personally. And second of all, I just knew that I was continuing to do my job. Mm-hmm. So then this is where the revelation came. So eventually we got to the point where he stopped getting mad and mm-hmm. he would just be like, hey, this is too loud. Hey, this is this. Hey, this mm-hmm. is this. Mm-hmm. And we would work together and, and fix those issues so that he would have his show work as he wants it to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then one time I was working, um, a basketball game it was the Clippers. Uh, I was board up in the Clippers game and this host also did uh, Clippers halftime and pre and post. Mm-hmm. And so I was being trained by another guy and this other guy and the host didn't get along. And so when the bumper music was too loud, he cranked it up. Oh, when it geez. was playing too long, he played it longer. <laughs> Stuff like that. So now it started to click in my mind that, okay, wait a minute. His experience in this field with people might be a certain way. Yeah. Then his cat died. And so I went up to him and I said, hey, dude, I'm sorry your cat, you know, passed away. And he was really close to the cat. And he, he was like... Why are you saying that? You know, he's kind of offensive. Yeah. And I'm like, what do you mean? I, I'm, I'm literally sorry your cat died. I know yeah. you're attached. So again, his experience was that people, I guess, maybe didn't like him because right. of his anger or whatever. Or maybe the anger was a situation because of the working environment. And it got to the point so much so that one night it was amazing. We sat down, we started talking. And he was telling me his whole life story. Mm. And we sat there for hours. And someone kind of noticed that we were talking. And they're like, how can you talk to him for that long? I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, the guy is... He's, he's a cool guy. Mm-hmm. And then another time, another working environment, there was a situation where I had to go into, uh, into upper management and I was told, Hey, watch out. This guy's a bulldog. This guy's this, this guy will tell you part. Da, 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 da. And I walked in there and I was like, Hey, what's up? And it wasn't going good for me. I mean, it wasn't a, a good meeting, mm-hmm. but it was a, a matter of fact meeting. And as it turned out, then the guy, um, you know, everything was amicable. He wasn't a bulldog. He wasn't angry. He wasn't mad. And so I'm starting to think, and in fact, he became a subscriber of Two Steps Ahead podcast. <laughs> um, no, but um, but uh, but it started to get me to think that maybe sometimes the way we approach people in this yeah. long rambling story is maybe it's the way we approach people. Mm-hmm. We can kind of diffuse that situation. Mm-hmm. We can diffuse the anger on the other side by just if we're in a work environment, being professional, mm-hmm. doing our job. Don't let the politics and the anger and all that other nonsense, you know, water cooler stuff affect us. Just do your job. Maybe if we approach the situation from a standpoint of being defensive and I'm going to be mad first, mm-hmm. you know, just approach it in a professional manner. Maybe that's easier in the work environment because there are, for me anyways, those boundaries. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be professional mm-hmm. and I'm just going to do my job and you can act however you want, but I'm just going to continue to do this. Yeah, there's so many nuggets in there. So many nuggets of gold. I love that story. I haven't heard that before. That's um, a really great story because what it 
what I gathered from that is that he probably initially in his career was probably a little bit insecure. That first story was probably insecure, probably um, had a little bit more bravado than what people would have liked to have, you know, he probably was a little more aggressive than, um, so then people keep, you know, putting people on the defense or maybe people took it personal. So then they treated him accordingly. Right. And then it escalated into the point where here's this guy that has been conditioned, not, not because society is bad, but because he, he probably brought to the table this shame, right. This insecurity, and um, it escalated to the point where now he has been conditioned that um, people are going to treat him. They're not going to listen to him. They're not going to validate, hey, it's too loud. It's too long. They're not going to validate him. They're going to actually give him more of what he doesn't like. And that's what we don't understand is that a lot of times we invite the very thing. We invite more of the very thing that we're trying to get rid of. And um um, that they talk about that a lot in that book, leadership and self-deception is that we, when we're in our box, um, we just invite, we just encourage people to treat us that way even more. So, and so he probably not only was, was he being conditioned by other people that they're not going to listen to me. So I have to be loud and be angry, but now he's also conditioning them that the only time they are going to listen is when it really escalates and it really gets to the point that it's like violent. Um, to get any work done and here you come along and you listen to him you validate it's too loud it's too long you validate it you adjust accordingly you don't take it personal and lo and behold he calmed down because he felt safe with you he felt like he had a voice with you and it, and that's what de-escalated the situation and that's what we don't understand is that when there's angry people there's always stuff underneath but then when we and when if I encounter an angry person and I bring my own anger my own baggage to that conversation. Now I'm going to be triggered and now I'm going to be on the, and take it personal, be on the defense. And now I'm going to lash back, which is going to trigger them. And then they're going to lash back and we're just going to have this lash back, you know, fest and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And, um, we're going to hate each other and, and there's going to be a lot of collateral damage, you know, from the people around us. See, and the other thing too, that for me personally, is I'm kind of glad that I did that approach was because it turned out that these two people in particular were really cool people. Right. You know, if I would have taken and listened to what other people had said, exactly. I would have missed out on the opportunity of meeting a couple mm-hmm. of cool people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in one instance, our path, the second story, the path was, uh, or our connection was short lived. You know, mm-hmm. I only saw him just a few times uh, and our, and our conversations, you know, like I said, weren't uh, the best for me as far as, you know, my contract was running out. I wasn't getting renewed. And so mm-hmm. I was moving on, but the way we were able just to then talk about life in general and other things, mm-hmm. you know, in those couple of meetings that we had, you know, it was a really cool guy to talk to. And same with the, the host, you know, it was really cool to be able to get to talk to him get to know him, find out more about him mm-hmm. um, and, and tell stories that, you know, he said he's never told people before just about his college life and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so again, the point is not to be, uh, to belabor it, but it's like if we sometimes just put aside the, I don't know what it is, whatever it is that is causing the these preconceived issues. idea, yeah, the preconceived ideas, person. you might actually find that there's somebody there mm-hmm. that is actually really cool or somebody that you might like or somebody that you might get along with, or you never know what positive thing might come of it. If you just put away those things, because going into it with that, if I could have gotten with the mindset of being angry and I'm going to lash back and do all this, I would have missed out on a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then my work environment would have been pretty poor too, right? because who wants to work in that? Right. But I didn't listen to that. 
And so uh, for me, that was a life lesson to learn is that, and maybe that's why sometimes I really don't get too upset a lot because I try to understand what the person might be going through. Now there's times where I've gotten upset. You know, I remember recently there was a phone call. I started with a text and turned into a phone call and I had to jump on somebody. And I don't think I was angry, but more emphatic Mm. of this is what I'm telling you Mm -hmm. because what you're doing is wrong and it's affecting me. And you're basically, you know, it came down to, um, was it liable when you uh, mm. when you talk bad about somebody yeah. that's not true? Yeah. You know, versus um, the written one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so I had to be emphatic about something. And so that's the last time I remember getting upset about something. And I think it was a healthy way to deal with it because they just would not stop, you know, talking about me. Right. Um, but so there is there are ways. Don't get me wrong. I do have a bulldog in me if I need it. But again, I try not to take those um, measures because you never know what good or positive thing you might miss out on. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, and again, it's, I think there's, I think it's wisdom. It boils down to wisdom. It boils down to whether or not we're taking it personal. It boils down to, um, because I, as you were saying that it's not, it's, it's okay to be a bulldog. It's okay to be aggressive. It's not okay to be mean or degrading or shaming. But, you know, Jesus overturned the tables, you know, in the market. That could have been viewed as violent, I guess, right? Yeah, <laughs> destroy- absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> He's destroying, you know, property and people's, you know, stuff. But it was for, you know, a bigger cause. It was for a bigger purpose. It wasn't necessarily about him, you know, personally. Um, so... It just boils down to wisdom and it boils down to are we, are we, you know, from the 10,000 foot level, are we helping or are we hurting? And we never have the right to um, call people names or to put them down, but it's certainly okay to be aggressive. It's certainly okay to be um, excited, you know, and there's certainly okay to be angry about things that are just not right. You know, violence and abuse and all these things are just not okay. Racism. I mean, all kinds of stuff. There's, it's just wrong. Right. And so we can be angry about that. Well, yeah, absolutely. There's, there are things that uh, you can read that I know I get upset about and whether we, and sometimes we just can't do anything about it. You know, there could be a story in South Carolina or back East or who knows where else, you know, there's, there's always a new story somewhere that can really get us enraged about what happened and outraged about it. And sometimes we just can't do anything about it because it's not in our purview to do anything. You know, we're not in that environment. So that makes it even more difficult. But I was going to ask you, I was just curious if you had any thoughts, because I've always wondered this. And again, I've never been in a situation to experience it or have it experienced I just did zero. And what we're talking about with the shame and the control and this or that, when it comes to domestic violence, mm-hmm. okay, and I don't, I don't know if you can even have an answer for this, but um, what do you think makes a person? Because, again, I don't understand two things I really don't understand in life. One is hitting somebody, you know, mm-hmm. getting mad. Now, if it's self-defense, you better watch out, mm-hmm. but <laughs> initiating like, you know, fights up like whatever. But if it's yeah. self-defense or you're beating up a family member or something, you know, it, it's game on and you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of that, it's like, uh, it doesn't, I don't have an interest in that. So I can never understand a hating somebody because of just who they are, mm-hmm. but then do taking it to the point of where you're, you're violent against them, you know? And, and so what kind of person does it take? What kind of anger does it take? What kind of issues does it take to get to the point 
we always know it takes zero character Mm -hmm. and a hard heart. Mm -hmm. But I just don't understand when it comes to like the physical abuse of people, how we get to that point, because that has to be really one like, you know, horrific person to get to that point. I would, on the outset, just hear, you know, talking about it that way, I would say yes. But think back to Bob's book, for example. Okay. No arms, no legs, no problem. So when I um, published that book, Bob gave me the stories. It's the story of Bob Lujano. He gave me the stories to write. And I, he uh, uh, talked into a tape recorder, sent them to me in, in the mail. I dictated verbatim the tape recorder and then I took his words and I put them into story format the reason why I'm saying that is because there were I have never actually talked about this in public um there were many people in his family who are mad at me to this day for the way that quote unquote I portrayed Bob senior Bob's dad they're mad at me. And Bob Jr., the man, the gentleman who wrote the story, has told his relatives on multiple occasions she didn't write anything. She didn't make this stuff out of, you know, out of a hat. She didn't write anything that I didn't tell her first. I interviewed the dad, Sr., the abuser. I interviewed the grandmother. I interviewed the uncle. Um, I interviewed... Um, the doctor, the surgeon that performed all four of the amputations. And so for those of you that have not read the book, in the very beginning of the book, Bob's dad was physically abusive. He punched them. He punched Bob and his sister, Lisa, and he, he, he beat them. And so um, there were stories in there that I didn't, I did not include. So there were more stories that Bob told me, and I have them on cassette tape down in my office. And I purposely chose not to include them because it was, I didn't want to demonize his dad because in the end, Bob learned to love his dad and they learned, he learned to have a relationship. But in those beginning years, you know, from the age of nine and under, um, he, his mom, you know, walked down on them. The dad was abusive and, um, spankings and, and all this kind of stuff was a regular, was a regular thing. Now, what happened was, is that the grandfather beat the grandmother. And that's where the second generation, Bob Sr., learned it. And then the third generation, Bob Jr., who the book is about, No Arms, No Legs, No Problem. Now, he's writing all of these stories. And I talked to the to Bob's dad, who... Um, abused him and he was really nice like talking to him years later obviously he wasn't still abusing later in life but he was a really nice guy Um, and so I really think that for someone to get to that point they're just feeling so out of control it's like they just they just can't control themselves they have no other way they've not been taught any other way a lot of that is like in this case it was handed down it went from the grandfather and probably his father, I'm assuming, down to the father, down to, and so it just, it's a legacy that just got passed down. And his family was, um, when the book came out, Bob's cousins were really mad at me. And I'm like, look, 
I gave Bob the manuscript. He had full control. If he would have said, take this and this and this out, I would have taken it out. No, because it wasn't my story. So there's a lot of shame involved. There's a lot of, um, but I think a person, I don't think that people that, uh, that abuse people around them, I don't think that they're bad people per se. I think that they are so um, feeling out of control and feeling like they don't have a voice and they're f- so full of shame that the only way to make themselves, give themselves any sort of power or any sort of control is to just lash out in a way that, and they, and a lot of times they don't understand it. Like Bob senior read, he's passed away now, but he read the book about that his son wrote. And, and I asked him point blank, like, is this true? Do you agree with what? And, and, and his response was, you know, I just didn't, I had no idea that it affected my son the way that it did until I read it in the pages of his book. I had no idea that, that my, um, spanking him and, and doing all this stuff, um, you know, was, it was abusive. Um, he, I had no idea that, that, that it affected him that way, but then he also didn't feel, it was just kind of like what the way that it was. He felt bad, but he didn't, he wasn't like, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe I did that. I just, it was more kind of like a, um, you know, that's just the way that it was back then. And that, you know, I feel bad, but I had no idea that it hurt him that way and that it affected him that way. So I, I think that there's, you know, there's just a lot of like people are not, um, self-aware enough to understand the harm that they're doing to other people. And they just don't know any other way to get their point across. See, I think the other thing too, that comes out of that is, and I know Bob's a little different story, but I think he broke that cycle. He did. Because I don't remember him being abusive to others. No, no, he completely broke that cycle. You can. And then my, the only reason I'm going to say this is because it was posted on Facebook. And so um, that gives me permission to say it. But my grandfather was abusive to his wife and my father. My father was not abusive to me in the least, not with words, not with behavior. He was completely the opposite. So again, he didn't, he, he didn't pass that legacy down. Um, so sometimes it does get passed down and then other times it just completely stops. Like the person realizes like, this is just completely wrong. There's no way I'm going to treat my, you know, family that way. But, you know, again, my grand, I was around my grandfather. He wasn't a horrible person. Like I, it, we can't, I don't know that we can say like a person is good or bad that does that. I think that they are, I think they need help. I think they need counseling and therapy. I think they need love and attention. I think they need, um, validation. I think they need to learn to have a voice without their fists. That's what I think it is. It's like, they're just so full of shame and they just don't have a voice. They feel like they don't have any kind of control. And so it just resorts to, you know, just, I'm just like, there's just nothing else to do rather than just to lash out. They just, they haven't learned any other way. Yeah. And I think that, uh, and again, I was just curious because like I said, I've never really experienced anything like that. And again, to have an understanding of what people might go through, because initially if you hear about domestic violence and I know domestic violence recently has gone up with mm-hmm. the way things are, yep. um, it makes you, that's where the blood starts to boil. You know, it's like, Hey, if you want to take out your vengeance on somebody, it's the old adage, you know, pick on somebody your own size. 
because it almost seems like it's a, a bullying situation too, because you're taking, you're taking advantage of someone who's maybe perceived as weaker or not mm-hmm. going to fight back. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you think you can get away with it. Whereas if you're going to take on somebody on size, well, then maybe you would refrain from behaving this way or in that, or having that behavior because you know that they're going to would dish it back. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so I guess the, the point of it is to be, is that for me, that's why I always try to understand what somebody is going through mm-hmm. before I just lash out mm-hmm. because I never know what it could be. There was a story. Um, I remember I was working as a custodian at a, a church slash school for uh, going through college and the school would have, it was a elementary school and they would have after school daycare. And I remember I'd come and I'd work and I'd be clean after school and I'd be there when the after school daycare was going on and, and I'd see these kids and I'd see their behaviors and the behaviors, you know, they weren't the best. They were rambunctious and cranky and you know, all that, not all the time, but you know, you would get that. And so there's one kid in particular, for some reason I just latched onto him and I'd watch him every day. And there'd be times where he'd be really just out of control. And the, the way the after school daycare people treated him you know, it, they didn't treat him bad, but I thought they misunderstood him. Mm-hmm. So I did a little bit more investigating because I just felt like it. And it turned <laughs> out that the, the parent, the mom dropped him off at 6 a.m. Mm. As soon as pre, before school daycare opened, mm-hmm. did not pick him up until 6 p.m. Oh the gosh. last minute of after school daycare. So yeah. he was there for 12 hours. Oh, my gosh. So there's tired. Mm-hmm. There's hunger. Mm-hmm. There's I want to be home. There's possibly, what you know, and there was one time, and this was another another parent, but it kind of correlates. She went grocery shopping, did her nails, did all this before she came and picked up her kids. Mm. Okay. So then I, so then I intervened. I went to the after school people and I'm like, Hey, listen, I know you've got a problem with this kid. And I remember the kid's name and this Mm -hmm. was years ago. And I remember his, his name. I said, Hey, here's the skinny on the kid. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe you should approach him a little different. Mm -hmm. And when they found out the story, they treated him with an approach that was more understanding. Right, right. And the kid actually then changed. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, he was still was cranky at times. He was, you know, there's still all the issues, but right. not as bad right. because the, uh, the people were understanding of what he was going through. Mm-hmm. And I was, I didn't say anything to the parents because it wasn't my place, but I was so close to saying something <laughs> to the mom, like, get your ass here and pick up your kid. I, I probably would have too. <laughs> um, because it just like blew my mind. Know, right? Now, I don't know the mom's situation. Maybe she had to work long hours. I don't yeah. know. So that's, again, another story. We have to be understanding yes, of her yes. story too. <laughs> but when you hear things and you pick up little things, you're, you're, it makes you question. But that's the thing. Okay, so then once you have an understanding of somebody, then maybe our approach can be a little different and then maybe that's where we can help out, mm-hmm. you know? So I would do every once in a while, I'd bring like, I think a granola bar or something. I'd slip the granola bar to the kid. Mm-hmm. I probably shouldn't have done that in hindsight because who knows if he had a peanut allergy. Oh, you know, all the, again, there's a world of things. Back in but, the day, we yes. didn't do worry but about that again, stuff. And, and, and so, you know, and so again, an understanding of what people are going through and that might help us. And so that's why I was kind of curious about the question because my initial response would be, Hey, let's, exact some vengeance on somebody Mm -hmm. because it boils the blood to see this happen. Mm -hmm. But then again, maybe there is underlying issues that instead of a smackdown, which someone probably deserves, Mm -hmm. maybe there's another approach that would be better. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's another approach to, okay, we can help this person through this 
method, whatever. Right. Um, and then again, it goes back to understanding our own anger and our own issues and our own emotions of it. Because if we understand that, you know, by me lashing out and cause, cause again, like when you said Bob's dad was pretty matter of fact about it, this is just how it is. Right. And we're like, dude, we're like outraged by it, you know, but that's even though he was terribly hurt by the abuse from his father. Right. And then he was so surprised to read in his son's book that it affected him. So, you know, in such a, in such a deep way. So yeah, they, it's, we just get trained and conditioned to think in certain, you know, circles that that's just the way things are. And so for me, what I take from this is that, like we mentioned, first of all, there's healthy anger mm-hmm. and there's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so the healthy can be good because it can lead to possible change or positive benefits. Right. If we approach it in the correct, in the correct manner, mm-hmm. then we also have to have the character and the heart, maybe not to get angry when it's inappropriate or inappropriate. Uh, so we avoid that unhealthy anger. And then two, it's understanding somebody else and what they might be going through and try to better help them. For example, if it's somebody at work, maybe they're having a bad day, maybe they're having a bad life, maybe their experience with somebody else is is bad. And so, like you said, like the guy was conditioned mm-hmm. to just be angry towards coworkers. Mm-hmm. I never really thought of it that way, but then maybe that was his condition. Mm-hmm. And by me just being professional and doing my job, it deconditioned him. I know he was still, when he would get work with other people, he'd still. Well, you validated him. You gave him a voice. Yeah. And so it, he didn't need to yell anymore because you gave him a voice and listened to his voice. And then the other thing I take from this too, is that if we listen to the pre preconceived ideas or the preconceived notions, we might actually miss out right. on some cool, positive things, whether it be a person, whether it be an experience, whether it be um, an environment. And so oftentimes we need to check to see exactly what it is that is the root of this what's our reaction to it going to be? How should we handle it? And do we have the character to walk away? Mm-hmm. Cause I know there's a lot of times people will be in an environment and they think that's what everybody wants us to do is to right. lash out in anger and right. be mad and do something. When character tells us this is the time to just walk away. This is the time to react in love. This is the time to react different from what the crowd wants us to react. Mm-hmm. And if we take that approach, mm-hmm. we might be, called chicken or weak but actually we're strong because we're able to remove ourselves from the hostilities of the environment and realize what needs to be done and do it and i want to make sure that that people understand that sometimes it is appropriate to walk away and sometimes it's appropriate sometimes we can't it's impossible if there's depending on the situation but setting appropriate boundaries is a way of standing up for ourselves saying, um, looking at that person and saying that really hurt me. I'm offended by that. Or I don't appreciate being talked to or treated that way, um, is standing up for ourselves. And that is, that is using the anger in a healthy way is a way of saying, this is, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, um, participate in that anymore. So sometimes setting boundaries is actually, you have to stay and set a boundary and that's very, very difficult. If you cannot leave, if there's a, if there's a situation where you, you just have to, um, you know, we have this tendency to think that we either put up with it or we leave completely. And there's that gray area. There's that middle ground where no, we can have a healthy boundary and we can train people to treat us differently. We can literally train people to say, this is not going to work anymore. We're going to do something different. And the way to train people differently is to respond differently. Like you said, just like with that guy, 
you responded differently and that changed the situation and it changed him. And we feel so powerless sometimes. We think that, oh, this person is such a jerk. There's no way, they're, they're not going to change. You're right. They may not change, but I can change. I can change my response towards that person. And when I change my response, they have no other op, op, um, option than to change. They're forced to change. Because if I'm not going to do the dance anymore, if I'm not going to be angry right back at them, if I'm not going to, you know, get into that spin cycle, then they can't do it by themselves. No one can play the game by themselves, right? So if I have a different reaction, it will change the situation. It will. There's no other, there's no other choice. So the more that we have the strength to not play the game and to not participate and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'll, I'll relate to you this way, but I'm not going to relate to you that way. The more that we do that and train them, the more they will calm down and relax or get more animated. And then, then maybe you do have to leave. And sometimes that one person, which could be you, can make a difference yes. and make a change. Absolutely. We're two Steps Ahead podcast, Son Edom, the incredible Hulk. <laughs> Tara Hulk Shiro. Yes. Uh, <laughs> two Steps Ahead podcast on Instagram, at Two Steps Ahead podcast. Uh, my Instagram is at Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. And I am at Tara Hulk Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. And you can also uh, find us on uh, Instagram television, uh, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, on YouTube, on Spotify. You can also find us on SoundCloud. All those are linked in the bio on our Instagram page. Plus, then you can go to like Google, just Google search Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we pop up. Two Steps Ahead Podcast, highlighting the stuff we've stepped in so you don't have to. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Let yourself be great. Take your passion and make it happen. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time.